part one was so much fun. We had to do a part two on the hard-won wisdom we have earned and the lucrative lessons we have learned. Today, we are revealing our top 10 business strategies to increase your income, impact, and influence. Buckle up, baby. Part two coming at y'all right now. This is the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast with tips, tools, and biblical truth to build your brand, business, or ministry. If you're a Christian speaker, writer, coach, or entrepreneur, this is the podcast you've been praying for. Get ready to increase your impact, income, and influence. Here are your hosts, the mother, her son, and his wife doing business, ministry, and life to shape the culture for Christ. Tamara Lowe, Zach Lowe, and Jillian Lowe. Let's go. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast. We have got five more lessons in business for you today. Last week's were awesome. I love them. Let's see if we can top them. Coach Tam. Yes. Let's pick it up at lesson number six. Lesson number six coming at you. Take consistent relentless action in the direction of your dreams. If you want, let's say for instance, if you want to produce champion children, you can't take a break from parenting. You can't be a good parent when it's convenient and kind of check out when it's not. You can't give up and quit parenting when there are challenges. If you want to get fit, lose weight, gain muscle, you will not get good results if you work out when you feel like it and eat donuts when you don't. If you want to be successful as a speaker, author, coach, influencer, or entrepreneur, you will need to take consistent, relentless action in the direction of your dreams. That means you don't give up when you get discouraged. And I say when, not if, because you will. You will get discouraged. You push discouragement off of you, and you get your head back in the game. You don't stop when you stumble, you get up and you keep going. In fact, that's probably the one phrase I tell my students most often, keep going. Nothing new feels comfortable at first. That's okay. Keep going. You have to learn some new skills to be successful. So be it. Keep going and learn them. That book is taking longer to write than you thought it would. Okay. Keep going. You don't like the way you look on video. Learn lighting, amp up your energy, prep and prime, and most importantly, keep going. Take consistent, relentless action in the direction of your dreams. Boom. I love it. I love it. Fire, Coach Tam. All right, Coach Jillian, take us in. My favorite number, lesson number seven. Lesson number seven. And I was going to just say something and, and ask Coach Tam Bunny to weigh in on this. On what you just said, you know, take relentless action in the direction of your dreams. When I first heard that, I thought about the speed at which I was going in the direction of my dreams. And I don't know for anyone else who might be listening and and watching, can you just say one one or two things about maybe the difference between being relentless in in heading in the uh, relent having relentless action moving in the direction of your dreams and the speed at which you take that action over time yeah coach Zach has a phrase that that he calls the pace of peace 
And I love that. I think that we should move at the pace of peace, but we should keep going. We should keep going. Sometimes it's going to be faster. Sometimes our life is sort of less busy. Sometimes it's busy and we just have to carve out that time anyway. There are going to be seasons of celebration. There are going to be seasons where the kids are sick and where the car breaks down and where a pipe bursts in the house. And you've got to deal with those things. And you have to push the pause button on what you're doing. But you don't push the stop button. You don't push pause for so long that you stop and you never get back in the game. You have to be relentless, yes, but also consistent, consistent. That means that you're doing something on the daily. You're doing something on the weekly, at least, to move in the direction of your dreams. That's actually the way that that I learned Spanish. I was a little bit of a slow learner with Spanish, but... I kept at it. I was consistent. I listened. I listened to Spanish lessons in the car. I went to Spanish speaking countries and now I speak Spanish. It wasn't the fastest, but hey, the result is that I got to where I wanted to go because I took consistent, relentless action in the direction of learning Spanish. Yeah, I love that. That's a great point. So mine is the art of relationshiping. Now, this comes with a great fun story. And Zach and I are really opposites in a lot of ways. And it works out wonderfully most of the time. But one of the things when I started working with Kingdom Builders Academy is that we would jump on for a meeting bunny. And I was like, how are you guys? Oh my gosh. How's Rodney? What's going on with those grandbabies? And I knew all the names and all the things and all the bloobity, hoobity, bloobity. And and Zach was just just smiling and he was looking and and then we would have these interactions and he would say, What 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 are we doing? And I would say, We're relationshiping. And he just kind of looked at me and he goes, But we're here to talk about X, or we're here to plan around Y, or we're here to have a review with this person. And I would say, Yes. But we've got to relationship. So eventually, I kind of won him over. Right, honey? Did I win you over? Oh, yeah. He puts Absolutely. he puts heart emojis and kissy face emojis in his text now. I'd never, never used a GIF. Never used a GIF. Never used an emoji. And it wasn't now. for the opening chit chat. <laughs> well, it's still it's still like a you know a little balance a little balance, a balance. I, I I'm cool with it for like 10, 10 minutes 15 right. minutes I get antsy and he finally gave me permission and said okay look if you want to open these meetings and these reviews and all the things with relationshiping we can start there but I want to encourage you by saying this make it your business to make it personal make it your business to make it personal because when people, are seen and known and heard, and you know about them, and you care about their lives, the details of their lives. Now, anything out of balance is out of balance. That's not what I'm suggesting. And trust me, I've got all the words and all the ways, and I could visit for hours on end. I love people. Bunny's shaking her head if you can't see her on the screen. Mm -hmm. I do. So I'm not suggesting get out of balance, but I am suggesting that you make a heart-to-heart connection. You have got to show them that you are invested in them, in their dreams and in their lives. And if you've got all the steps and all the curriculum from A to Z, but you don't know like, you know, something really important to them, maybe they've got two or three kids. 
let me just tell you something, just like what Coach Tam said, people in life have to hit pause, right? A spouse gets sick, a kid gets sick, or something great happens. The good, the bad, and the ugly, guess what? Uh, Our friend, Susie Orman, I'll never, ever forget this. She was being interviewed when, when she was with Coach Tam for Get Motivated, and she was talking about her personal life and her business life. And keeping the two separated and how do you manage to keep everything balanced, Susie? How do you do it? And she says, I don't. And they said, what do you mean? And she said, my business life is my personal life and my personal life is my business life. Now, there are some other lessons to be taught there that I won't get into, but I will say this. When you are dealing with someone in in the coaching industry, and let's just say it's health, okay? It's their health. They're losing weight. They want to get in shape and feel strong and be their best physical self yet. I guarantee you that their emotional issues, I guarantee you that their relationship issues, all of the things about them, if you were to draw a web of everything that makes your client your client, it isn't going to be just their relationship with food. It is not just about what they're putting in their mouth. It's how is their soul. So if you don't know who matters most and what matters most, they're going to know that. So I just want to encourage you, the art of relationshiping, build a relationship, establish a foundation that says, I see you, I know you, and I care about you. I am invested. And then ask about it. If you take notes, please write it down. If you, you know, if you're like me and you struggled, write it down. Sarah's, you know, got married. She's married. She's got a husband. Write his name down. He's going through contact information. In your contact. That's a great place to do it because then you can go back and look. Does she have a mother-in-law that's going through stage three cancer? Whatever it is. You also want to say, you want to show that you know, right? You want to show that you know and show that you care by saying, hey, let, you know what? I wanted to just check in and see how is your mother-in-law doing? And you know, it's been a it's been a couple weeks and I know that must be weighing on you. Can we just take a moment? Let's pray for her. Go the extra mile. Show them that you care. Invest your best, yes, in them. And I'm telling you, they will show up for you. If you want a community and not just a community, but a raving community of people that are totally committed to the culture and you want them to buy in, you want them to cheer just like the inner circle. If you want a raving community, you've got to show them you care. You've got to be able to call them by name and show how invested you are in them. It makes all the difference in the world. The art of relationshiping. So good, Bunny Bunzers. I, I wish I had a sound machine or something. Some, Me too. Boom. Somewhere. I need some fireworks or something. Great job. Yeah, and it's so good. You got a number eight for us. Yes. Number eight lesson in business. It's another kind of like little twofer, a little, little double stuffed Oreo for you. Pace for your race and play the long game. Like that's race and play the long game. Pace for your race and play the long game. So let me start with the long game. Your calling, your desire to to be influential, to make a difference, to help people, to build something great, should be a like lifelong pursuit. Amen. It should be a lifelong pursuit. Like you know, there's not a a real strong precedent in the Bible for retirement. You know, like we should be looking at this mission 
that we're on to build a great business, to make a great impact, to create a great income, to influence and, and reach a lot of people, that should be a lifelong pursuit. So we should go in with the perspective that, hey, like I'm, I'm planning to do this for decades and I don't care if you're in your 60s, 70s, 80s, like I'm going to do this yeah. from here on out. And in order to do that, you do have to pace. You do have to to kind of find your pace. And I think that, you know, one thing that that I want to share is really it's it's figuring out and discovering how to pace for yourself, how to find that balance of I'm going to be consistent, right? I'm going to be relentless in following through and making progress, but I'm also not going to burn myself out. I'm not going to run so hard that I fall off a cliff or, you know, I break myself, right? Like we've got to find that balance. And I think it's a little bit of just, you know, a self-discovery process. I like, and then uh, let me share something tactically that I've done to, to pace for my race, because, you know, I look at Kingdom Builders Academy and anything else I do is like, Hey, like the only way that this is going to be like a great world changing thing is over the course of years, if not decades, right? It's not a one-year thing. It's not a three-year thing. If you got a one-year, three-year time horizon for for your your business right here, I think that's like fatally flawed. I think it's kind of like doomed to fail. Like you've got to have a much longer perspective and time horizon so for good. doing the things that you want to do. And in order to go the distance, you've got to find that pace. Where can I be effective, make progress, but also not burn out, right? And and want to throw in the towel or have some failure. You know, Vince Lombardi, one of my favorite quotes is fatigue makes cowards of us all, right? Like I think there's just so many leaders that have failures because of fatigue. They, they, they ran too hard. They didn't, you know, encourage themselves from the Lord enough. They didn't withdraw like Jesus did, you know, to have that solitary time with the Lord. They burned themselves out and they couldn't go the distance in their race. So one thing that I've done that, I, that I, I'll give to you because I love it and I'd, I'd love it if, if you adopted it is I hate four quarters. All right. Like the whole corporate world that organizes their world around four quarters. You know, we're going to have like 12 weeks on. We're going to have our project. And then we're going to have a week off. Like there's even like, you know, a great book out there that, you know, says, you know, we're going to break it down into four quarters. We're going to do 12 weeks. We're going to push and then we're going to take a week off. And then we're going to go 12 weeks hard and we're going to take a week off. We're going to do 12 weeks hard. We're going to take a week off. That is not a, a very sustainable pace for me. Maybe it is for you. Like I, I tell my wife, there's like, we know people that have just boundless energy. There are bound, there's a, a type of person that has boundless energy. And I'm a little jealous because I'm not one of them. I don't have boundless energy. I don't wake up every day like the Energizer Bunny with boundless energy to implement all my ideas. I wish I did. I'm not that person. So I've got to have that honest assessment, that honest self-discovery of how should I pace for my race because I want to I want to play the long game. I want to go the distance. Mm -hmm. So for me, I do not do four quarters. I do three trimesters. Mm -hmm. I I I just cut one of the quarters out, right? So when I look at the year, instead of thinking like, all right, I've got four quarters, I got 3 months to do this, then I got 3 months to do this, then I got 3 months to do this, and I got 3 months to do this. That's insanity to me, honestly. It's like chaos to me. It's like just so much like nonstop overwhelm to me because we totally overestimate what we're going to do in a quarter. 
Yeah. Right. And then there's no buffer. And now we're supposed to be doing the next thing. And now we're doing both things at once. I can't even like breathe thinking about it. <laughs> Having a panic attack, just trying to to strategize that. Yeah, no. And, th and that's how a lot of people go. They just go so hard. Mm. But we've really built Kingdom Builders Academy around this principle. Yeah. So we do three semesters, you know, so we've got, you know, basically each curriculum, each class, each we call them levels. It's basically three months on one month off. Mm. Right. And that one month off is buffer. If you completed the thing in three months, hallelujah, you know, like, let's like, kind of relax for a month. Like let's, you know, t put a bow on it, celebrate prep and prime for the next semester. Or, you know, odds are 25% of the time, 35% of the time, you're going to find yourself like, oh, I need extra time. I didn't get it done in three months. And you got four weeks to play with, you know, take two weeks to finish it, then take two weeks to like, you know, not have a project, not have an initiative that that you're working on so we do organizationally stack the calendar like that you know like we're not going to look at like okay we got q1 q2 q3 q4 q1 q2 q3 q4 it's like you know let's do january february march april's a buffer month let's do may june july august is a buff buffer month september october november we got a project for those three months december's a buffer month and I'm looking at like, all right, looking at my calendar. Where can I take time off? Where can I take a vacation? Man. What project are we going to do in, you know, T1, right? Or Q1. And then the second middle block that we have. And then the third little block, right? So I'm looking at a big three instead of a big four. And just by, you know, cutting that one thing out, look, if it was a one-year game, if it was a three-year game, I'd, I'd probably say, well, let's just do it every quarter. You know, let's get more done because we've only got like, you know, a year you know, three years, that's our time horizon. But that is not the proper time horizon. The proper time horizon is is a decade minimum. And to do that, I think you got to pace, you know, and I think you got to got to find a better flow than something that's just not going to work for you. Mm, yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's, I think really that is one of the great flaws of so many great people is that they start to get something that works and then they abandon it and go for something else that they're excited about and just absolutely abandon something that's working. And and there's there's not that sense of focus. And I love what you're saying too about that buffer. And so speaking of, I'll just tell you, Zach, that I have booked the slow boat to Miami. So um, I'm planning on going to Colorado. We, we have a new summer home in Colorado. So I'm planning on going to Colorado beginning in June and staying through the end of October. And then I'm going to fly to Los Angeles and I'm going to get on a big boat and I am going to cruise all down the coast of California. I'm making some stops in Mexico. I'm going through the Panama Canal, stopping in the Caribbean, and I will be back 19 days from the time I step on the boat. So wow. that's going to be my buffer. I'm taking the slow boat to Miami. Okay, bunny. Give me a nine. <laughs> N-I-N-E. Oh, I wait. Give me a nine. Give me a nine. Give me a nine. Okay. In two words, be yourself. Now, listen. In 1997, Oprah, who had the greatest, well, I would say the greatest, probably the greatest known 
the most popular four decades talk show. Okay. And one day on her talk show in the year 1997, she said this quote. She said to the whole wide world that was watching, it has just stopped me cold from ever eating another burger. Oh, ouch. And that was a shot heard around the world to every cattle farmer from here to Timbuktu. Now, do you think, Bunny, the people that watch and tune in daily to Oprah it was being recorded, do you think that like her fans were kind of lukewarm about her or were they like devoted Oprah. raving fans, raving Oprah fans, and she has just put the kibosh on the burger. Now, Zaki, what do you think happened after Oprah said, no way, Jose, not another burger for me? What do you think? What do you think happened? It sounds like those cattle farmers were were ready for a riot. They divorce. Chaos. Lawlessness. Oprah found herself waist deep in cow dung. And that is no joke. Well, it kind of is a joke. So Oprah gets under siege and she is getting sued out the wazoo. It was smelly, stinky. It was no good. In fact, the trial was so big and it was so such a thing. She had to pick up and move her show from Chicago to somewhere in Texas for a very long time, her whole crew, the whole thing. And she had to have her life revolve around this lawsuit. At some point in the midst of this, can you imagine, Bunny, that kind of lawsuit? Can you imagine? Paddle she farmers. Needed, she needed therapy. She needed therapy. And she, thus, Dr. <laughs> Phil was was born. So she, so she needed help because she was super stressed mentally and socially. And, and emotionally, she was falling apart. So someone said, I know a guy who could help you. And then Dr. Phil entered the picture. She was calling Dr. Phil in the middle of the night, every night, breaking down. It was the pressure was just way more than she could handle. Oh, eat the hamburgers. I want hamburgers now. <laughs> Give me the mad cow disease. <laughs> Take me to Burger King, McDonald's, have it your way anyway. I'll take it. Hold the pickles. Hold the special orders. Don't, don't upset us. All we ask is that you let us serve it your way. It's from Burger King. Anyway, a Dr. Phil comes on the scene. And at this point, Dr. Phil's a nobody. Okay. Dr. Phil is a nobody. And the only one that even knows Dr. Phil exists is just Oprah and her internal crew of people. And he's coaching her. But let me just tell you, he wasn't going, oh, Oprah, honey. So right, come here. He was saying, girl, you better pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Do you know what you're facing right now? And she said, uh, I was shockified. No one had ever talked to me that way. I was in the midst of a meltdown, breakdown, malfunction. And this man comes in with his harsh voice and his stern ways. And he was telling me, snap. He said, snap out of it, girl, at two o'clock in the morning to Oprah. Yeah. And years go by and Oprah comes out victorious in the lawsuit and she goes on her show one day and she introduces the world to Dr. Phil. Now, the reason I'm sharing be yourself 
is that Dr. Phil says to Oprah, she goes, I want to come on, you know, I want you to come on my show. And I, I want to tell the world about you because I would not have gotten through this without you, without you coaching me. I wouldn't have been able to do this. And he goes, I don't think that's a good idea. And she goes, why? And he says, I'm really not like, you know, a real people person person. I'm not warm and fuzzy. He goes, you know how I am. You know how I roll, basically. And she goes, I know. And that's why I want you to come on. He comes on to the show to have a conversation. The response, the crowd goes wild. Give me some more. Doctor, tell it like it is. And now, three decades later, Dr. Phil is Dr. Phil, a household name known all around the world. Now, I think about that and I think about be yourself. And we know another person who's just like that, Dr. Susie Orman, the financial expert who who is totally the let me just give you the straight straight truth talk about money. And I just think be yourself is really important because people need who you are. That's right. And if you think that you, you know, maybe you watch someone in the fitness space or you watch someone in the kid raising space or the whatever it is, and you try to allow yourself to be molded into their personality or their delivery style, their communication um, methodology or whatever it is. Number one, it's not authentic to who you are. Number two, it's not sustainable. Number three, people have human detectors inside of them and they will know I'm not picking up what you're laying down. And so if, you know, for me, could I ever be Dr. Phil? No, I couldn't be Dr. Phil. Look at me. I could never do the truth talk like it is. I want to give you a hug and some chocolate. Okay. But, but there are people like Dr. Coach Mama Tam. Now she's going to love you and she's going to say, you better pull yourself up by your bootstraps. This is what you signed up for. But she is being authentic to who she is. And guess what? people come back for more. Not because she's trying to be something she's not, but because she's authentically living out who God made her to be. And that's what I want to encourage you and challenge you to do. As you step into building a brand business and ministry, you might feel like, who am I? I don't know. Can I do this? And you might look to others and think, I'll just be them. I'll do them. No, boo, you do you. That's what Coach Tam would say. She'd say, no, boo, you do you, because being authentically you is who people need. Be yourself. It's simple, but I'm telling you, if you can be true to that, to who God has called you to be, people will know it and they'll connect to it. And you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Do you think Dr. Phil is? Dr. Phil is not everybody's cup of tea. What about Kingdom Builders Live? You heard Coach Tam. What did she say? If you don't want to be taught by a woman, if you don't like the way I talk, if the way I am is not for you, no problem, because she knows that herself. Your audience is made for you, designed for you, called by God to be in a relationship with you. Don't you worry about who to be and how to be and what to be. You just be who God designed you to be. And if you build that, the people will come. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And I have a saying, which is be you on steroids, you know, Mm -hmm. so not just be you, but be more of you. Let more of you show up, especially now we have um, the video medium and everybody is in everybody's face. And video is what they call a cold medium. In other words, if I just talk to you the way I normally would talk to you, if we were together and we were in person, it's really kind of boring. So you just 
amp it up a little bit. Just be you on steroids. Yeah. All right. Now I am bringing it home with number 10. Be fearless. Be fearless. Now, it's a choice. And most people don't consider this when they are being attacked by fear. But did you know that it is a choice to either live in fear or live in faith? Yep, it's your choice. Now, listen carefully. Fear is a spirit. It is a principality. It is a power of darkness that tries to intimidate you into obeying the devil. That's right. So I'm going to say it again and listen carefully again. Fear is a spirit. It is a principality and power of darkness that tries to intimidate you into obeying the devil. Fear will make you scared of your own shadow, scared to take any action because it might be the wrong thing. Fear will paralyze you if you agree with it. Fear is deadly. Fear can take a healthy person and make them sick. Fear can take a sick person and make them dead. And fear can most certainly kill your God-given dreams. Believe me when I tell you that it is 100% in your best interest to be fearless. Fear is not a sign from God that you shouldn't do a thing. It's a sign from the devil that you should. And check it out. Fear is sin. Fear is sin. That is scripture, beloved. That's the B-I-B-L-E. Romans 14, 23 says, and I quote, everything that does not come from faith is sin. So if you're bowing down to your fears, that's sin, my loves. And you cannot win if you're in sin. Furthermore, fear is displeasing to God. Yeah. Hebrews eleven six says it is impossible to please God without faith. And so you have a choice and I have a choice too. We can please God by walking in faith or you can displease God by running in fear. And it's your choice. Fear is going to come knocking at your door, baby. But you don't have to invite it in for coffees, cookies, and a nasty long chat, okay? The cloven-hooved, fork-tongued, ugly-as-hell devil himself can show up on your doorstep and offer you a heaping helping of worry, a steaming pile of panic, anxiety, and dread. But you don't have to accept it. You can choose to refuse. You can say, I'm not signing for that package. Return to sender and shut de dough. The wise and wonderful King David gave us the key to being fearless. Psalm 56.3 tells us exactly how to disempower the spirit of fear. And I quote, When I am afraid, I will put my trust in God and will not fear. It's a choice. It's a choice, beloved. Be fearless.
Hi, this is Tamara Lowe, founder of Kingdom Builders Academy, here with a free gift for you, our loyal podcast listener. We're giving away free copies of my newest book, On Purpose, How to Find, Fund, and Fulfill Your Purpose. You can download your free copy right now at onpurposebook.com. That's www.onpurposebook.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast today. Join us again for our next exciting episode.